Welcome to the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm your host and psychic medium, Mads, and in this community, we talk about all things spiritual awakening, higher consciousness, and unlocking the path back to your soul. Welcome to the Collective. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week on the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm so excited. He's back again. We've got Jordan Dunnan here, CEO and founder of Hatchpath, talking about all the beautiful routines that he has been um, utilizing in, in, in his life to change uh, his life, literally, and uh, to create the success that he's uh, experiencing right now. So Jordan, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Mads. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk. This is cool. Yeah, me too. So I just want you to give a little update because you've been on the podcast before. Tell people where is Hatchpath at now? It's been, I think, a year since you've been on. So give us the updates. Yeah. So I think we just passed 150 coaches this week. So we have, so for those of you who don't know, Hatchpath is an online marketplace that connects clients with health coaches. We do it in a little bit of a different way. So we enable clients to post jobs that coaches get to apply to. That way, clients can pick from however many applications they have and choose the best coach for them. We have everything from nutritionists to energy healers to spirituality, Pilates, yoga, fitness instructors. Uh, I think we have a gratitude golf coach. Um, what? That's so really, interesting. Some really cool stuff. We have um, religious religion coaches, sleep coaches, mm. sex coaches, um, just so, so much going on. But recently we passed 150 coaches. We just started onboarding clients and we're going into what we call beta. So we're, we're paying for... 300 clients or more, if we pass, that's great, to have a single session with one of our coaches. So we really want to bootstrap this thing and and get people using it and get them the results that they deserve. And also show the world that coaching is for everyone. It's not just for the 1%, you know, Um, all CEOs and executives have coaches and coaching is the new nepotism. So we're all all nepo babies. Yeah. And my goal is to, you know, get you those 10,000 hours from somebody who already has them. So they say that 10,000 hours leads to mastery. It doesn't have to be your 10,000 hours. It can be somebody who's already done it. So that's my goal. And that's where we're at. That's so exciting. Honestly, I I did a little like promo with my email list, um, which is why you guys should subscribe to my email list because um, there were two really lucky clients who are getting free sessions through the Hatchpath uh, experience. So thank you for doing that because they are so excited. <laughs> yeah. So we're updating features every week. We're listening to the clients. We're integrating a QuickBook feature. We're um, putting on platform training. We're integrating searches. So bear with us. You're, we're early and we're growing, but I'm super excited and grateful for everybody there. So if you're the two clients of Matt's, for example, um, you'll be able to book with her for sure by Monday. And we're just excited. It's so exciting. Honestly, I think, you know, the way that I view Hatchpath, it's like a, it's like a Google for coaching. Like it's really like, because you could Google like, oh, life coach, and you're going to get maybe a couple of hits, a couple of searches, but not the right person. Like, how do you find the right person with your specialty that you're looking for? And with life experience that has gotten through the things that you are currently going through. And I think Hatchpath is really creating that bridge in the health industry and argue also the mental health industry. I don't know if you can claim that, but, um, yeah. you know, just health in general and well-being. And I'm I'm so proud of you for doing this. It's huge. And it's a good time to get started in it uh, for the coaches who are listening and the clients, because you trust me, you want to get in with startups at the beginning. If this is when you get in. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of benefits for coaches who join us early. 
Yes. Um, ending next month, but it's free for life. And what that means is we'll never charge you a subscription, a transaction fee. We're going to pay your payment processing fee for life. So if you join before April as a coach, and a coach can be literally anything that helps someone move forward in life. We're onboarding business coaches, fiscal health coaches, which are basically financial coaches. Yeah. But we, our goal at Hatchpath is to remove the main stressors in people's life, which affects them in their health. Yes. So whether it's relationships, um, you know, um, <laughs> finances, yeah. illnesses, we want to help you naturally so that you don't have to resort to pills and surgeries. And that may be, you know, something that you've already pursued and you want to go naturally. That's what happened to me. Yeah. And our coaches can help you do that. They've all done it themselves. They're certified, registered, licensed, regulated, whatever you want to call it. And they're leading with empathy. So I'm just super excited to have everybody that's there. Yeah, I'm super, I'm super stoked for you. I'm so glad to be a part of it. And this is going up on Monday. So guys, there's only a few days left until April. So get in on Hatch Pass so it can be free um, yeah. for the well, rest of your life. <laughs> well, let's just make a deal over this podcast that sure. anybody who joins through your network as a coach can have our free for life offer. So Ooh, as long as this guys. podcast exists and people listen, um, you can have your free for life offer. Just make sure you choose Mads as your referring coach and we will um, enable you to, to get that offer. Guys, it's so juicy being on the podcast. Thanks, Jordan. They're so going to appreciate that. I love that so much. Oh, oh. Okay. So I, I've had a lot of, um, men start listening to the podcast. There's like a big influx of men going through their awakening. And I really want to kind of hear any advice, um, maybe some of the things that you went through that would really speak to some of the men who are trying to get back in touch with their emotions and are trying to fulfill their purpose and mm -hmm. who are just starting out and maybe feeling a little intimidated by how they're feeling, and what they're experiencing. What would you say to them? What would you want them to know? Yeah, I think we have to redefine masculinity or look at the true definition of masculinity. Masculinity isn't the absence of emotion. It's the ability to share and deal with emotion properly. So yeah. when I first met you, Mads, I was just ignoring emotion, suppressing emotion, not feeling emotion because I thought that was masculine. Right. What I understood through my spiritual awakening, my, my soul purpose exploration was that we have emotions and they're reactive, but how we react to our emotions is how we lead our lives. So every day I have a routine where I start off on the right foot. And when I now when things happen that are bad, um, right. I have a perspective that they're actually good because bad things lead to growth. So I, you know, it's about enabling emotion. And then also my connection with Lauren is so much stronger. Even with my family, with my father, we have a greater relationship. And exploring emotion and understanding it has led me to um, become even more masculine. So I think that emotion is, you know, a tough thing for a lot of men to understand, but um, we can't force it. We have to experience it and you have to be open to it. So in different situations, you know, dropping your walls and being unguarded and vulnerable, it's really important. That's true masculinity. It You'll is. See, you know, <laughs> you know, it's not all muscles and, um, yeah. And brawn motorcycles. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's feeling emotion and you know, who are you trying to impress? Look at, look like truly, who are you trying to impress? If you look deep into that, it might be a father figure. It might be sure. an authoritative figure in your life, but you will, you will always let yourself down when you don't lead with emotion and understanding like it too. So we're not reactive when somebody says something to me that 
I take as an insult, that's me. That's not them. Correct. You know, that's a hundred percent me. And we, we talked a little bit about victimhood on, on, on my podcast, Matt, yes. but you know, from masculinity, we think we always have to be reactive and ready to fight and violent. Sure. We have to be dangerous. You always <laughs> have to prepare yourself to be dangerous. Right. And that just means that, you know, you know, to be a protector, to be a protector, right. We're still men. Yep. We want to be the protectors of our families. Yep. And, but we do not have to be reactive. Nobody's coming for you. And if <laughs> they are, they're doing it out of, because of their own issues. Right. So I have a lot of conflict now dealing with so many people and understanding the true nature, like everybody's running their own business and um, Hatchpath may be the inhibitor of that because we haven't fully launched yet. So right. um, I take everything um, lightly. And what I've learned from my coach is that what's urgent for somebody else does not have to be urgent for me. Yeah. That's something that all men I think have to understand is that when somebody comes to you or to me at the time with something that's extremely urgent for them, I feel like I have to resolve it right away. That's part of being that man. Like we think we're a provider. We think that we have to be prepared. But if it's not urgent for you and that problem will probably resolve itself, it usually does. I I schedule stuff in my calendar now. Thursday afternoons, I deal with other people's urgent and urgent tasks. And I look at my messaging apps and my email and by the time it gets to Thursday, 99% of them resolve themselves. So wow. it's it's about dealing with stuff that's urgent for you and having a plan too. So lead with emotion, do not be reactive, understand emotion and have a purpose and a plan. That's what's helped me um, with my spiritual journey. And entrepreneurship is the most spiritual thing I've ever done in my life. Wow. Can you elaborate on that? I really, I think that that piques some interest. Yeah, in sure. So so as an employee or a team member, or if you've ever played sports, yeah. you have one person you report to. So it's a it's an authoritative relationship. You report to somebody else giving you instruction, and that's fine. Right. But as an entrepreneur, you have to understand everybody's personality. You have to understand how they receive communication. You have to understand what's going on in their lives. Maybe they have trouble at home. Maybe they are really working hard to pay for something that they need. So they're coming to you for more hours, but you think that's aggressive. But so- right. An entrepreneurship journey is not understanding only your own emotions and needs, but everybody around you and making sure your business is cohesive. Wow. It's creating an environment through, um, not rules, but um, like mantra almost, yes, structure and culture that enables people to have their true selves. So, um, you know, whether that we have a culture board now, we literally just updated it this week where we have our main mission, which is to become the number one lead generation platform for coaches and clients. And then we have our culture and our values. So our values may change, but you know, they revolve around community, um, you know, team effort, communication um, and compassion. But if you don't know what your values are as a person, it's, it's difficult. So understanding other people's values and how they relate to yours and right. where you can see conflict, you can resolve it. But if you don't understand how your, your values are different, you'll never resolve conflict and it will continuously be conflict. And we talked about this on my podcast too. Yeah, I'm going to link it below because I think everyone should go and listen to it. It's such a beautiful episode. I think I, I'm so with you on that, that entrepreneurship is spiritual because it asks you to 
um, expand your view, kind of like we talked about in your podcast, like you have one view of the world, but you have to step out of your view and kind of see things from all of these different perspectives, get maybe a little bit more objective. And when you're the CEO and the founder, you have to then create these bridges to connect everyone that then connects to your greater mission as a company. So I, I oh. love that you're saying that. I, I think that's that's really expensive. Yeah. yeah. And when you get to the point in entrepreneurship of becoming a CEO, so CEO is when you manage other people. Yes. Um, so once you step out of the position of being the talent or the, um, what's the word? Um, you are the actual person doing the job. So yes. a lot of entrepreneurs are, you know, it's the typical baker example. They love to bake. So they start a bakery, but right. you're still a baker. You're just working yes. a job. That's paid a lot less now because you're the one that's doing all the work. But when you start to see it from another perspective and now you become the, the actual entrepreneur, so you you hire in people to do the baking, you hire in um, people to help you with growth and you and your goal is future vision, income, revenue, making sure your team's cohesive, values, um, all of that. You can see it from a more spiritual perspective and holistic. So Absolutely. I think that I, I do everything. You do everything the same. So my journey is I make sure that I am leading my life to the best example towards my values. So every morning I wake up at 4am and I, my first thought is why the fuck am I getting up at 4am? <laughs> okay. I was going to ask because you make it look, and I mean, social media is a highlight reel, but on your social media, yeah. I see you every morning. I'm like, fuck, he's up at 4 How does he do this? Like I would, yeah. cause I get up at five, five thirty, and I'm like, why the F am I awake right now? So I'm glad Absolutely. that it's a resonant yeah. feeling for you too at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're subconsciously programmed to want ourselves to not succeed. So right. yeah, you know what I've learned is that you have to make the pain of going back to sleep so much more than the pleasure of staying awake. Mm. So you think your own thing. So like for me, staying awake, I get to do my whole routine. My routine takes hours. Yeah. Like I journal, email Lauren, respond to clients, coaches, set up my day, check my schedule, go to the gym, walk the dogs, eat breakfast. So much. Yeah. Sauna. And if I wake up even 20 minutes later, what am I going to do? Because I don't have a plan for 20 minutes later. Right. So the pain of going back to bed is I don't get to do everything. But the right. pleasure is I get to do all of these things that make me get closer and closer to the person I want to be. So yeah. I, I don't even have that thought anymore. I get up at 4 a.m. and I know why. I also keep my phone in the bathroom as a consequence of subconscious activity. If I was to lean over and click snooze, that's impossible now. I have to get up and go to the bathroom to click. Okay. Off. I'm already up by then. Yeah. When, I think once you get out of bed, like once you move your body, it's it's done after that. Like there's no, there's no going back mm -hmm. into the covers and, you know, because then you have to make the conscious choice of, well, I'm already awake. I'm already standing up. Yeah. It's a little bit more effort to then go back to bed rather than just hitting snooze and rolling over in your warm sheets. So absolutely, that's a great strategy. Absolutely. No, totally. So the way I live my life is in the way I put my effort into my, my business and um, other things too, my relationships, my um, recovery. I think that if we're burning everything on the both, both sides of the um, spectrum, it gets dangerous. So right. the best way to have a morning routine is to have an evening routine. I'm asleep at 8.30. Nothing good happens to me after 8.30. I'm either getting <laughs> a message that I have to respond to or I'm watching a TV show. There's nothing right. good happening. Nothing productive about it. Yeah. Right? And maybe you do your best work at the evening. Cool. You're an evening person. 
that's just not me. I do not do my best work in the evening. My work literally, my productivity stops at 3 p.m. or earlier. And then I'm doing tasks that manage the rest of my week or um, little growth tasks or meditations or whatever it is. But I'm like, I have to remind myself too. I need to go to bed at, I need to be in bed at eight. And sometimes I feel like I'm missing out. But then I realize the pain of getting up at four and feeling like crap is a lot uh, worse than staying up till 10 or 11. And so, watching Netflix or something yeah. that's not going to move you forward to where you want to be exactly. five months from now, a year from now. So it's about leverage for me, always leveraging myself so that I can see the perspective. Because it's easy to say in the moment, oh yeah, I'll stay up till 11 and it won't hurt me. And then when it's 4 a.m., like I, I, I will not not get up at 4 a.m. It's a double name. I will always get up at 4 a.m. So right. even if I'm at a networking event, I get home at 1 a.m., I'm up at 4. I'm not going to... Regardless. I will yeah. not break that rule. Good for that's, you. That's me. And that's that's because it's a system. And I feel like habit has to be manicured. So yeah. if, if we're not consistently manicuring our habits and striving for something better, then if you stay in the norm or if you want to stay the status quo, the status quo dissolves like we're in inflation our inflation our our dollar drops by seven percent a year so if you keep the same amount of money you're actually losing money right same goes for your health the same goes for your business if you stay the same you're losing exactly it's all about growth and if you're not growing growing at a certain percentage you're still losing so (laughs) i'm with you on that that's like a hard thing um for people to, to 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 receive um, but that's, that's me. And I'm blessed. I got through Lyme disease. I got through traumatic brain injury. Why would I waste it? But I think, I think that's the thing. It might be hard to receive because the ego again, has all these subconscious limitations that say, but I can't do that. That person is a a superhero for waking up at 4am. I can't be like that. No, the only difference I've taught this to clients before too, is the only difference between you and the person who does what you want is they get up and they do it. Yeah. I used to say that about 5am, 5.30am morning routines. I can't do that. I'm not a morning person. No, I am a morning person because I'm the same way. I My work drive, it kind of ends around 2, 2.30 mm-hmm. in the afternoon. And after that, it's like I like to go to the gym and that's where I do like my bulk of, yeah. um, you know, where I get my, my personal development kind of going through. But, um, you know, it was more so just why don't I give myself the opportunity to be that person? Why do I keep telling myself I'm not a morning person? Like, mm-hmm. where does that belief come from? And, you know, I had to also check other behaviors and habits. Like when I got sober, uh, last year, uh, congratulations, by the way, I'm catching up to you. I don't think, I mean, literally I can't catch up, but, um, well, no, but like you're, you're also in the the sober journey. Uh, but yeah, it was like, you know, maybe you stop smoking pot at night and you'll be able to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. And sure enough, you stop smoking pot at night and you could wake up pretty well in the morning. Um, and I think, you know, when, it, when you're talking about habits, if you're not doing it consistently, it's not a habit. It's just something you're trying out and testing out. You need to be consistent with it and not make excuses for yourself. Because if you're ex- making excuses for yourself, you're not showing up for yourself and you're just, you're not getting to where you want to be. <laughs> no, exactly. It's not about punishment either. I'm not punishing myself by getting up at 4 a.m. I am no. celebrating my health. I'm celebrating my success. I'm celebrating yes. that I- get up I'm celebrating accomplishment achievement and yeah. I think people think of it as punishment oh I have to get up before I am I wake up like fuck yeah I'm up at 4 a.m and then I'm in the gym and I'm 
I'm pushing yeah. more weight than I ever have and I'm the healthiest I've ever been. And then I take that in that confidence into my day. Yeah. yeah I'm, not I'm not punishing myself. And then I get in 39 degree water at oh my God, I 10 know. minutes after I wake up. <laughs> it's not punishment. It's building a more resilience to pain, building more, building more resilience to anxiety. And I feel like the best I've ever felt in my life. I'm so happy to hear that. Honestly, you look like you're thriving just with everything. And I think, mm-hmm. especially with the cold plunge, I want to pick your brain about that because you are doing something that is incredibly hard on the body first thing in the morning. Like everything must feel so easy the rest of the day. It's like, oh, a stressed out client or, a, you know, whatever, a Karen at the coffee shop or the smoothie shop. It's like, yeah. oh, that must be like literally nothing compared to 39 degree water at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly why I do it. Sure, there's a lot of health benefits and that too. Whatever. I honestly couldn't care less about the health benefits. It's <laughs> all about telling my brain to stop. Because every people think it's a consistent pattern that you can just get in the water. Every morning the brain says, You don't need to do this today. Right. You've done it a lot. Like, yeah. you don't need to do this. And I do it four or five times a day. It's not just the morning. It's, no, I yeah. Do, I do it all day. And it may get easier, but you still have that brain. What's getting easier for me is not getting in the plunge, but telling my brain to shut up. Good for like, you. We don't have to li- like, there's a difference between listening to your body and listening to your brain for people that are listening that were triggered by that. I understand triggers. Yeah. Um, it can be frustrating, but I'm, I'm not waking up tired. I'm waking up with my brain telling me to go back to bed. I'm waking up with the limited, limited belief system that yes. I'm, I need sleep. I need more sleep. Oh, I get sleep. I go to bed at 8.30. Yeah. People that go to bed at 11.30 and wake up at 8 are doing the same thing as me. They're just not committed to health and yeah. wellness. Yeah. Um, but the, the the limiting beliefs come in every single time. And they do with everything, like responding to emails or whatever. Yeah. What the plunge does for me is I don't have those anymore. Okay. I I hear the voice and I, and I honestly can laugh now. Good because I'm like, absolutely, I need to do this. And I'll, it'll be like 6 a.m. and I'll be sitting on the couch and I'll think I, I'm getting tired. And I, I should get ready for bed. Boom, I'm in the plunge because I'm not letting my mind get any control of me. Exactly. My plunge is my way to break that cycle. I don't yes. want to be comfortable. I don't seek comfort ever. I have a lot of friends that choose comfort and their goal is to be comfortable. But if your goal is to be comfortable, you'll never be comfortable. It's just... That's so true. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't be comfortable. If you start dreaming of retirement and you want to be on a beach every day well then you got to depend on some sort of uh, residual income to pay for that and trust me the beach isn't where you want to be you want to be pursuing something that makes a difference in the world and yourself and your family so my goal is never to have comfort I never want to be comfortable I want to be the most uncomfortable person on the planet (laughs) I'm I really resonate with that because I I made a I took a really big leap in business not long ago. I made a huge investment in my business and it's paid off already. It's been so beautiful. But um when I was, you know, the ego comes in and, you know, should I really make this decision? This is really big. Like, I don't know. And basically what my higher self had said to me, she's like, you get to choose your discomfort. You can be mm-hmm. uncomfortable and make this investment and see where it brings you and expand and push your limits. Or you can be uncomfortable because you're staying the same. So which discomfort would you like to choose? And I was like, well, when you put it that way, it's kind of a no brainer, right? So I'm with you because when you're in the comfort zone, you're not growing, you're not meeting your potential, you're not expanding. And if you're not doing those things, you're not contributing to the collective. You're not contributing to the people around you in the ways that 
your soul and your your being very well could at its most yeah. maximum ability. So totally. I love that so much. And as somebody that couldn't contribute for the longest time through mm-hmm. being sick or snapping my right. neck or having a traumatic brain injury, right. I feel blessed. For, like I keep saying, but I feel like I've been given this gift that I will never give up. I will never give up on my health. I'll never give up on my wealth. I'll never give up on my family. And, you know, mm. you know the problem is some people have problems that aren't bad enough. I heard this <laughs> on a podcast the other day. The reason people stay in toxic relationships is because it's not toxic enough. Actually, yeah. I can attest to that because I was in a very abusive relationship and I waited to a point where it got bad enough for me to be yeah. like, oh, this is really bad. Like I need to leave now. Like, yeah. And the same is true with health. Your health is just not bad enough for you to make a change or your right. money is just not poor enough for you to want to start a business. We're all yeah. stuck in problems that aren't bad enough. And for me, I got lucky that mine got bad enough to change. Yes. But I will never let it get bad enough anymore. I'll pers- consistently pursue stuff that's uncomfortable so that I grow. And I'm with um, you. we don't, and what I say is I don't pursue discomfort for future comfort. I pursue discomfort so that I can have more discomfort in the future. It's like at the gym, yeah. you don't push more weight so you can go lighter next week. No. You push more weight so you can lift even more weight the next week. I love that we're analogy. Taking, we're not taking the foot off the gas. We're never, no. our goal isn't to, to push now and to have a relaxing time later. Yeah. Our goal is to push now and be able to push more later. And that's the, yeah. same, that's the same with my business, my life, my relationships. Work yeah. extremely hard now so that you can work even harder tomorrow. I love that so much. And I think, you know, obviously it's going to be different for everyone, but I think whenever you're someone who just wants to grow and meet insane levels of potential in this life, that's kind of the mentality you need to adopt and have and embody because there's, I don't know. I think people think of, you know, you get to one level of success and you're like, Oh, I'm happy with that. And it's like, no, you get to that level of success. And you're like, okay, I want the next one. So like, how am I going to push and grow and get uncomfortable to get there? And I think, you know, if we bring the really spiritual into it, you could be very comfortable when you die and you're a soul again. Like shit's really comfortable up there. <laughs> There's not much going on up there. So like we can be yeah. comfortable when we're done here. And I think yeah. that's and a really- Who sleeps better? The person that worked as hard as they could towards their goals during the day or the person who tried to took it easy and and then was just kind of coasting. I'm, I know I sleep amazing at night. When I have those thoughts come in, like I can do this tomorrow and I don't, I do them right now. Yeah. And I get them done and then I have a tremendous sleep. Even yeah. if it's something as simple, like I need to call someone to fix a leak or something. If I put that off, it affects my sleep. Right. If because then it's another mental stress, takes up mental real estate in your mind. And then you're like yeah. tossing and turning and you've got another to-do list, um, you know, for the next day. And it's like, no, get your to-do list done today. Mm-hmm. And then you can create more and do more tomorrow. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I've been in the position of not being able to do much. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in that position, what's stopping you from getting better? Um, I got into a, an awful mindset before I met you, Mads, where I was like looking for jobs for a disabled person because I was disabled. I could be a, basically a grocery cashier or um, stuff that was part time. And I was like, what career could I have? Because I'm always in pain. And mm-hmm. and then I realized that that's such a poor mindset. And yeah. I, ch- I changed it. <laughs> I And... But- you yeah. wanted it bad enough. And, you know, I talk about victimhood a lot on this podcast and you, you released yourself from being the victim. You said, mm-hmm. okay, these are my circumstances. What solutions are available to me? And if I can't find a solution available to me, what solution can I create? And you did yeah. literally that. Yes. So 
What would you say to people listening as the first step to get out of victimhood and to kind of tap into their, their empowerment? So victims need victimizers. Cut off your victimizers. If there's someone you go to when you're struggling just to get a, oh, poor you, cut that person out. You yes. do not need a poor you. That will make you stick to the, the, the status quo, which is yes. associate insane pain to where you are. Make it unbearable. You yeah. do not. So if you're stuck in a problem that's not bad enough, decide that this is bad enough. This is bad enough to change. Right. And associate extreme pleasure to the person you want to become and then create steps to get there. There's so many people who have done what you want to do and they're on hatchback. But <laughs> people that you want to have done what you want to do, decide. Like I have a list of people that I keep in my brain that are the people I want to be like. It's Rob Deirdre, The Rock, um, Russ, all these different people. I want to be like them. What do they do? I do it. The reason I get up at four isn't because I'm a psycho person. It's because every single one of those people gets up at four. Exactly. The reason I do a cold plunge is because um, Rob Deirdre, Tony Robbins, and a bunch of other people do cold plunges. They've decided okay. it worked for them. They've become extremely successful. Right. I model it. I, I do. I take what works um, from other people and I integrate it to my life. And um, the reason I have a podcast isn't because I enjoy podcasting. It's because um, it's another growth tool that helps me access minds like yours, successful people, and enter into these networks. So a mastermind is yeah. something that can destroy your life or make it really well right. or better. And when you're sick, typically the people you surround yourself with are other sick people. Right. Um, and that's considered a mastermind and that's pollution. You will, right. you will always like, you know, they say that your network is your net. Network. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. If you surround yourself with that energy, like, you know, there has to be a collective consciousness. There just has to there be. Is. Because yeah. I have mastermind meetings now with my team where we boost the, the growth of our company, like so much because it's just for feeding off of each other. But if you're feeding yeah. off of negative people all day, that's magnified negative energy. Yeah. Like cut, cut the people off. You don't like need that. Facebook support groups. You don't, because there's no support. It's just consistent complaining. It um, is. It yeah. is. You 100%. Need, you need someone who has done what you want to do. You need a mentor and you need a coach. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's the biggest thing that helped for me. I had and your mentors. You never have to meet them. You never have to tell them that you, they, they're mentoring you choose people you want to be like, um, follow them on Instagram, join their email list. Um, and learn from YouTube them. videos, read their documentaries, watch their life story, whatever it is, and see how you can do that in your own life. Yeah. It, you have to immerse yourself in what you desire rather than what you don't desire. And I think, you know, we are saying this collective consciousness, kind of like we talked about on your podcast this morning of Albert Einstein's frequency match theory. Yeah. I'm literally obsessed with this. Like it's my favorite thing ever. And you know, you guys really should listen to that episode. I'm going to link it below for Jordan's podcast, but it's a particle that vibrates at one frequency attracts particles of that same frequency. So Absolutely. if you are a victim, you are going to attract victims and victimizers. And if you don't yeah. want to be a victim anymore, then you need to be, I don't want to even say a survivor. You just need to not be a fucking victim anymore. <laughs> yeah, because once you identify as a survivor, you're a survivor. Don't identify. Don't identify. You, just be identify yourself. Identify successful. Identify as healthy. Identify as happy. Yeah, I love the, the particle thing because if you're angry and people around you are happy, how hard do you work to make everybody angry? You'll yes, be you try to rile them up. Marks. You'll be bringing people down. You'll be using um, trigger phrases for these people. But if somebody is uh, happy and you're surrounded by other happy people, that just magnifies. So 
it's noticeable yeah. too. Like you light up mm -hmm. rooms with these people and with yourself just based on the frequency you're vibrating at. And so yeah. I love that. Cut off your victimizers. That's beautiful advice. I Absolutely. think everyone yeah. can benefit from that. And if you're a victimizer, like I know someone in my life who I'm a victimizer too, and I stopped. Good for you. If you're a victimizer. You are also on that equation. It's not your fault. You probably don't, it's not even ignorance. It's just the fact that you don't know. Right. Stop, stop. So if someone comes to you and says, oh, I'm struggling. I have this, this, this. My life sucks. Just be like, what can you do? Instead yeah. of saying, it's okay. Everything's fine. You'll figure it out. Like blah, 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 lies. Right. And I, <laughs> not lies, but that's something, that. that's something as a coach that I just, um, I think you can be very empathetic and compassionate and supportive without being a victimizer. So my clients yeah. will come to me, you know, sometimes and say, you know, it's just really hard. Like I'm feeling this way. And I'll say, yeah, absolutely. Like, of course you're feeling that way. Look at what has happened, but mm -hmm. where are you going from here? Like, what are we putting in place right now to transform this emotion, to expand your perspective on this situation? Because you're viewing it in a way that is maybe depressing and upsetting and victimized, but where is your power in this situation? So I think- you can validate how someone is feeling and say, yes, what you're feeling is it's okay to feel it, but what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Change it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Learn from your past, live in the present, plan your future. I if love you, that. Most people live in the past and that's just a, like, I forget who said it. But I think it was, I think it was in one of the Tony Robbins uh, events I went to. He's like, um, wh what's your least favorite movie? And the person said it, or let's just say it's scream or whatever. Like, would you sit in a movie theater all day and watch that movie over and over? And they're like, of course not. Well, you do the same with your negative thoughts of the past. It's already happened. Learn from yeah. it, or discard it. It's gone. Yeah, so it's not going to serve you. Like it's not yeah. doing anything. You know, I'm sure that we've all done things we're not proud of. We're all big. I mean, we're all um, the villain in somebody else's story. I know I 100%. am for sure. I have yeah, me too. Stuff in my past, I'm not not proud of it all. Same. You don't. You don't have to hold yourself in a prison. Um, yeah. You can, you can all. still reach your sole purpose and your path and just acknowledge that that's wasn't the right thing to do and move forward you don't have to ever hold yourself in a prison use it as use it as a lesson like let's say you did something extremely horrible yeah and you want to grow let it go like, take, take accountability yeah. recognize that you yeah. did it and then choose not to ever do it again yeah choose not to do it choose to live in the present plan the future and learn from the past um, and I love that so much I think one thing that I've really embodied, especially because, you know, there were versions of me in the past that just were not in alignment with who I was. And I made decisions that I just wasn't proud of. And yeah. something that I had to really accept and embody was I had to be who I'm not to be who I am. There would cool. be no me here if I didn't make those decisions and recognize, oh, I don't like when I do that. Mm -hmm. I had to learn what I didn't want to be to be who I am. So yeah. I think whenever you allow yourself to accept that and move forward with accountability and a better action plan, you're just going to become a better version of yourself time and time again. So I love that. I, I think that resonates with everybody. And if you're stuck sure. in a situation that you don't like, remember you have the power to change it. I didn't know that. Like I honestly, I lived in a neck collar for the better half of three years, extreme wow. pain. I was told that I needed rods in my neck. I needed a new hip. I needed a new shoulder. Um, I needed all these surgeries. I needed, I was never going to cure Lyme disease. I had, those are just things that people say because they can't do it themselves. All these I've never had rods in my neck. I cured Lyme disease. I, I had somebody the other day tell me, 
oh, you have Lyme disease too? And I said, absolutely not. I don't have <laughs> Don't project yeah. that onto me. <laughs> no, no. Like I'm not in remission. I'm not, I don't have it. Right. Um, you know, things are beyond possible. Everything's possible. Patience takes time. It took you a long time to get where you are in the place you don't like. It's going to take equally as long to get out of it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's going to take a long time. So yeah. um, there's this concept called aggressive patience. Mm. Consistently, like pursue everything in the moment. So do all of the actions that it's going to take to get to where you want to go, but don't expect anything from the actions. Yes. So it's like going to the gym, don't expect for your body to change or meditating. Don't expect for you to have this epiphany or going in the cold plunge. Don't expect you're going to be able to do it all the time, yep. but do it and have a, aggressive patience with it. So yeah. never expect anything and do all of the actions. I love that. Like take the reward and the result out of it and just do it. Yeah. Just do it to be the version of yourself that does it. I love yeah. that so much. Oh, that's powerful. <laughs> exactly. Like if, if you're overweight or let's just use that example because it's um, a prominent one in our society mm-hmm. and you want to not be, discard all of the rewards, discard your body changing, discard it all and see what the people that are doing. Don't look at other overweight people getting better. Look at the people who have already gotten to where they want to be. What yeah. do they do every day? They start doing it. Yeah. If it's um, a jog that you can't get, have the capacity to do, start where you can. Don't expect rewards. Expect it to be hard. Expect it to be extremely hard and still do it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love I love that you brought up running because that's something I've been doing since the summer. It was something I was like, I hate that I can't run. Like I'm the kind of person I don't like not being able to do things. Yeah. And I I I had that same mentality of like, I'm just gonna try. And whatever happens, happens. And now I run 5K multiple times per week. And it's insane. Some days are, yeah, it's great. Some days are really hard though. Some days Mm -hmm. my body is like, we're not doing this. It's like that mind over matter thing where my Mm -hmm. brain is like, we ran yesterday. We don't have to go again today. I'm like, nope, like kind of like you with the cold plunge, right? And so the release of expectation has been really beautiful. And that's actually one of the laws of manifestation. The third law is uh, the law of assumption. Um, It's just to assume that, it's coming to you because you're taking the action um, mm-hmm. and to release the expectation, like let it go, be okay. Or sorry, the third law is not attachment. Second law is assumption, but like, don't be attached yeah. to what's coming. Um, exactly. You know, anybody, anybody who's achieved something great knew it was going to happen. Yeah. All the obstacles, but the only thing different between someone that achieves something and something, someone that doesn't is um, action and persistence. Yeah. So it's, you know, and, and the change. So like, if you've done something, it hasn't worked, don't do it again, learn from right. it and, and persist. But I think that people get stuck in the fact that they, they want the answers. And it's like, it's like Kanye, you don't have the answers. You know, it's nobody has the answers. No. And it's about consistently pursuing what you want and overcoming every obstacle. Every obstacle that you face is a blessing. It if is. you face more obstacles than me, you're stronger than me. If you, if you have overcome more things than me, you're 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 ahead of me wow um, you that's know, a beautiful perspective yeah if you've gone through more trauma and it has you've overcome it you, you're you've done more than me and it, it's right I I seek out obstacles mm-hmm. <laughs> like I when I run a, I'm trying to beat a 20 minute 5k I haven't done it yet but right it, like I'm not I'm not afraid of it I'm excited by that obstacle and every time right. I lace up my shoes my brain is like you can't do it and I just say let's go Let's try. I don't take the time. It's like, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But it's true. It's a hard perspective because I wish I knew this when I was growing up. I wanted to find the easiest path to success. 
but the path that's most rewarding is the hardest one. So if you ever have a chance to do something easy or something that's difficult, always do the thing that is difficult. difficult. Yeah. yeah. It's always going to give you like a bigger reward at the end of it. Um, yeah. Not that it's about the reward, but it's even if the reward is just growing and learning something about yourself, like it's going to give you something more than the easy path is going to take. I don't mm. believe that the easy path is even easier. I think you mentioned this before. Yeah. Did you not? Someone Maybe. mentioned, someone yeah. mentioned, oh no, it was Ben Harris. He had said basically like when it comes to like taking the easy route or the hard route, it's actually the hard route that is actually easier because the easy awesome. one is like, like you're not doing anything. Like it's, yeah. it's you're not growing and you're on like you're uncomfortable because everything's stagnant. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Totally. Yeah. Um, like for most chronically ill people, the easy thing is staying chronically ill. And that's so right. tricky. Because if I was still chronically ill, that'd be triggering. Right. The hard thing is trying something new every day or trying something persistently without expectation and getting done. Like I like people think that I just got better because I got better. Or maybe that's not their assumption, but right. I did something every single day. I put, I did a frequency healing machine every single day for two hours for eight months. I, I did injections in my neck of stem cells and PRP once a week for a year. I did, um, you know, H therapy. I did all of this stuff, and I yeah. did it consistently. I didn't just try it. The problem that I would face if I was still chronically ill would be: it's been a year and I have no results. Now it's time for something new. Right. Um, the year might not even be the right timeline. It took me five years to get through what I right. went through. Um, and, so persistence. And, and with all of those modalities that were helping you, you also had to equally work on your mindset and believe exactly. that it was possible for you. Because if you didn't, if you were doing all those things but didn't believe it was possible for you, you're basically just putting up a barrier and saying it can't happen. And you're so, doing it to show someone else it's not possible. I see that a lot with people that used to see me for content. Uh, illness coaching mm-hmm. they would do all of the therapies just to prove to whoever that they don't work it was this mindset of i'm always so Ill for life this doesn't work for me i can take all these treatments i can do all this i'm still chronically ill look at me um, and that's just because in their subconscious they don't want it bad enough yes but and I hate saying that because I know I might get a little bit of backlash for that um but it, I I say that from my own experience too you just don't want it bad enough yeah, and there are different reasons why people don't take different things. Maybe there's financial barrier, maybe there's of course. Um, stress barriers, but mm-hmm. there's always a way. And, you know, yeah. I'm blessed in a, in a bunch of different ways. I got through Lyme disease, I got through traumatic brain injury. Um, and, but, you know, the, the turning point was seeing a future that I wanted. Yeah. And we, I don't talk about this often, it might not be anywhere, but the real reason I got better was because I met Lauren. I still remember that I had this vision when we started dating of me throwing a ball with our future son and we're having a son now. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Which is actually wow. made me cry too because it's real. But I was throwing a ball and he like wanted to throw the ball and I couldn't. And I was, you know, at the point where I couldn't get out of bed, I was in a neck collar. I, lost, I was like 130, I'm like 200 pounds now, but I was like 130 pounds. Wow. And it was extremely hard for me to have that vision. And I wanted to be with Lauren so bad. I wanted that, that, so I didn't care about getting better for any other reason than that. And that's my, that was my leverage. That was my turning point. So if you don't have leverage, if you don't have a reason to get better, what are you getting better for? That's my question to the people out there. What are you getting better for? I like that. That's like a really good journal prompt. Um, What are you getting better for? 
I swear that was his soul helping you in some yeah. very spiritual way. Absolutely. Guiding you through it. Because now look, you guys are going to have, oh my God, you guys are going to be such an active family together. <laughs> I don't get visions either. I don't, I've never had another one. I've never had a vision. I've never had this. It wasn't a dream. It was just something that consistently came to me. Right. And I <laughs> never talked about it this openly, but it, yeah. it's something that has shaped everything. Um, every time I get up and go to work or I have an 8 a.m. meeting and an 8.30 meeting every morning with my team and it's difficult. We have to talk about difficult things. And all I think about is that right. who, who's going to provide for this child. Right. So That's so beautiful. Yeah. You found your, you found your why, right? Yeah. I mean, point blank. You just found your why. Oh, Beautiful conversation, Jordan. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I have one question that I'm asking all of my guests, you know, coming on the podcast now talking about how they've built their beautiful dream lives. And I want to, I want to know, and I want you to share with everyone, what is one belief about yourself that you had to give up to get where you are today? Uh, that I wasn't worthy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the one. Okay. I okay. now believe that I deserve everything. You do. Absolutely. Yeah. Inherently, inherently worthy. Oh, yeah. I love that so much. And do you want to let people know how they can sign up for a Hatchpath as a client, as sure. a coach, just plug everything in? Yeah. So our website is pretty simple. It's H-A-T-C-H, like Hatch and Path, so P-A-T-H, um, dot I-O. So Hatchpath.io, you just go on, you can click sign up. If you've already signed up, click log in and join. And we are completely free to join. We have no subscription fees, nothing like that. If you're a coach and you join through Mads, like I said, um, please just click her from our drop-down menu of referred coaches. She will be there and we'll give you free for life. And what that means is that you'll pay no transaction fees, no payment processing fees, and no subscription fees. We don't tell you how to charge your programs. We don't even tell you how to facilitate them, but we do everything from uh, job application to video conferencing, messaging, and we are going to be the number one lead generation platform for coaches um, in the near future. So if you join us now, you'll potentially save tens of thousands of dollars with a lifetime on our platform, and you'll be part of our founding coaching team. So if you think you have something to offer and you feel like you are underutilized by people in the world and, and you can help them, come to Hatchpath. We have the clients waiting for your help, and we could totally um, use your help. Absolutely. And the people who you can help deserve your help. So absolutely. Yeah. Don't think that they're just going to come. Like if you build it, they won't come. Exactly. One of my pitches for all of the coaches is I go to their website and I look at it and I say, this is a beautiful website. And I have this um, board that or this picture that we built with hundreds of coach websites. And I say, so as a client, why should I choose you? And they don't know. So with Hatchpath, we enable you to be so, so differentiated to target your target market and to explain why you're, you're the best at what you do. And we back it up with on-platform ratings and reviews. We um, approve your certifications. You can build out downloadable content in the near future. And you can reach potentially thousands or hundreds of thousands of people in the next few years. Absolutely. I'm going to say millions. Give it five millions. years. Millions. Yeah. Give, yeah. It, give it five years. Yeah, absolutely. Even, yeah. even before then, why put a limit on it? Millions can happen yeah. overnight, you know? Yeah, let's help, let's help the world grow and um, take back control of our health. We all lost it through this covid yeah COVID yeah. pandemic um and let's take back control you know the number one cause of death for COVID was fear and the second was bullshit and um <laughs> let's take back control of our health let's do it naturally and let's let's 
um, thrive together. So Hashpath is a, is a safe place. You can write content, you can post blogs, you can find like-minded people. We're all supporting yeah. each other. This is not a competition. This is a collaboration and we're growing together. So let's let's make sure that people understand that they're supported and you can offer all of your services through Hatchpad for free. I love that so much. You guys jump on this referral and uh, you know avoid those processing fees, save money and go live your purpose helping other people. Jordan, thank you so much for sharing everything with us today and for so courageously stepping into your purpose for, you. you know, embodying the the true masculinity of being deep with your emotions and being vulnerable here with us today. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm so excited. Thank you, Matt. This was great. My pleasure.